Lingua Podcast live from Dessau is broadcast from Middle Deutschland and features all things languages. The show is hosted by our teachers, presenting students and guests from all walks of language learning experiences. Today we welcome Muhammad Ali, not the boxer. He's an architect, an artist, an English teacher, and our logo designer. Ali speaks English with an American accent, and he's never stepped foot in North America. Let's find out how this happened. Welcome to the Inlingua podcast, live from Dassau, Ali. Uh, thank you for having me, Scott. It's thank, a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Tell us, Ali, is English your mother tongue? Uh, actually, no, it's not. Yeah. How is that possible? You don't have an accent. I, well, I mean, it's a bit of a long story, but if you would allow me to tell it, I should try and compact it. Of course. Okay, so, uh, starting out my school life, I was not in Pakistan. I was actually in uh, Saudi Arabia, in okay. Sharjah, to be exact. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I, uh, because of my father, who was in the Air Force and was stationed there uh, i ended up joining an international school okay yeah so english was the main language and uh my home tutor was british and that's kind of where i started out with as in everything was english in the very beginning for me what were some of the students in the classroom like where were they from oh my god there were like so many different people from so many different places like i remember still uh one guy from america awesome kid uh there were a bunch of uh chinese uh students there as well and of course like two or three from pakistan some were indian um i think i would say one was japanese so okay. that was a i mean i i it was a really nice place to be so this is during your elementary school years yeah so the entire curriculum is in English? Yes. All classes? Absolutely. And you had an Arabic course? Uh, yes, we had one subject. Yeah. As a language course? Yes, basically. exactly. So when you went home from school, what hmm. language did you speak in the house? Uh, well, uh, of course, I spoke Urdu. That's the national language of Pakistan. Okay. And uh, yeah, uh, my parents themselves, they speak Punjabi. That's actually my mother tongue. Okay. Uh, but with me, they always spoke Urdu. Uh, though my home tutor, uh, she <laughs> always told me, if you go back home, you're you're gonna speak English. No speaking any of other languages. So that was her way of telling me, yeah, you need to practice more. <laughs> did your parents speak English? Yes, absolutely. Okay. How many years did you study in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I was there for four years. Okay. And then you went back to... Pakistan. And how old are you at this time? I was around uh, 12, uh, um, yeah, around 12, 13 years. Okay. Yeah. So you go back to school in Pakistan. Yeah. Is the curriculum in English? Uh, yes, uh, because again, uh, my father was in the Air Force, so I ended up in, um, uh, what would you call that, the federal board. Okay. Um, yeah, that is in English. Everything is in English. Otherwise, you have like um, different other kinds of boards mm -hmm. uh, in Pakistan, which start with English in like the 
fifth class or the sixth class, okay. something like that. Is that a public school or yes. a private school? Yeah, public. Okay, so it's a good public school. Yes. Yeah. In addition to schoolwork, how did you increase your proficiency in English? I mean, I was learning English all the time,、mm -hmm. so I started to adapt entertainment. Okay. As well in English, I mean, I would listen to English music. I would watch English shows, English cartoons as a kid.、Uh, that that kind of became a routine for me. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that might be very interesting for some of our listeners. Like, how helpful do you think YouTube? Or maybe I shouldn't specifically say YouTube,、hmm. but. Like、um, entertainment would be would internet sources、yeah. or video sources or、yeah. how helpful are those? Do you think in general for <laughs> increasing like language proficiency? Is it just more like expressions or phrases or vocabulary or like I know people in Turkey that have they've told me they learned how to speak English by watching Friends. I don't know if I believe that or not, but what do you? <laughs> I, like、what did you watch? What were some of the? I、things? totally believe that because I, I mean, I am an example of that.、Mm -hmm. uh, growing up as a kid, I loved watching like British sitcoms, like、mm -hmm. the comedy ones.、Uh, one good example of that would be Mind Your Language. Okay, absolutely loved that show. Still awesome. And another one was Faulty Towers. I mean,、uh, like I said, my tutor was a British,、uh, like a、uh, citizen. So she pretty much, I could, I, I was able to understand what she was saying as I was learning from her, and that is why I was able to pick these shows up quickly. Okay. So tell us a little bit about like when you started to seriously think about becoming an artist. Going back, I guess when I was. Again, in Pakistan, when I started schooling and everything, one thing which my teachers really appreciated was that, hey, your drawing's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, so you should actually go somewhere with this.、Mm -hmm. So from the very start, I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll.、Uh, that's kind of where I saw myself. Well, when I enrolled in this,、uh, you know, art college, it was.、Uh, I started out、uh, hoping I would become a graphic architect,、uh, or sorry, a, a graphics、uh, designer. Okay. At least that was my goal—a graphics designer. And um, yeah, uh, the first year was great. Everything was good. Of course, people liked my work、mm -hmm. and everything.、Uh, but eventually, my father decided that no,、uh, graphics design isn't really a market. He saw any future in because、okay. it was still an emerging market, okay. and、uh, so he was like, "No, architecture is the best thing for you. Go with architecture. I know a bunch of friends who are doing this, and it's great." And I wasn't exactly a fan of it.、Mm -hmm. I found it a bit boring, to be honest. Okay,、uh, but yeah, I father's wishes, so I pretty much went there.、Uh, but I can say, yeah. It didn't end up bad for me in any way. <laughs> no, I think at this point、um, we should point out to our listeners that you are the only child. Yes. So there are certain responsibilities that you may or may not feel towards your parents' wishes. Yes, that's very true.、Uh, And I think that's universal. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, I have 
my whole life I've depended on them and that's the least I can do for them. Mm-hmm. So what did you do after you graduated? I pretty much uh, looked for some kind of work. Okay. Um, I was uh, trying to get into an architectural office. Um, I had a few contacts with one, uh, like some of my uh, uh, college professors, mm-hmm. and they were pretty helpful with that, of course. Uh, so they, I mean, I learned a lot from them, working with them. Uh I did end up finding like a job mm-hmm. eventually. Where uh, was that? Uh, design was the name of the architectural studio. Okay. And yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty good. It was uh, one of my uh, father's friends actually who. Okay. Uh, Networking is important. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it was. I learned a lot. Uh, I, I could say this: what I learned from my college. Uh, I had to relearn everything. Okay. Yeah, when you get into the real workforce or when you start working in real life, right? Uh, things aren't the way they seem. The theory is different. Everything is different, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> How many years did you work for design? I worked uh, almost two years. Okay. There. Yeah. And what... Uh, just give us a brief description of one of your projects. Uh, back when I was working there at Design, I was doing mostly um, houses, uh, like interior design for houses, coming up with paints and stuff like that, okay. uh, furniture layouts, um, other kind of stuff like that. I mean, back then, I that's where I kind of started to get into this interior designing stuff that I eventually made my niche. Okay. Yeah. I learned a lot about color theory okay. uh, back there from from the office, of course, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. As in, what color to choose, where, uh, what is the impact of that color on our psyche and stuff like that. It was it was, it was interesting. So, in a Pakistani house, like what colors are important in the design of the house, the interior? Let's say the family room. Yeah, the family room. Um, okay. Or we could also call it the living room. Okay, the living yeah. room, yeah. Yeah, because in Pakistan, uh, things are a bit different mm-hmm. uh, from, let's say, European houses. Okay. As in, you have, like, um, a, I wouldn't say, like, a public area, but more like, you know, uh, you have a guest area, mm-hmm. guest zone. So that is your drawing room, dining room, and guest room. Okay. And then you have your family or uh, living room mm-hmm. where you don't really have any other individuals just you, family just family okay so the colors you would choose for that area are mostly earthy colors okay yeah to keep things lively i would say okay so you're looking at beige you're looking at plays of reds a little bit of red somewhere and that kind of stuff okay Green is my favorite color. Greens as well, right? Greens, green is a good color. And uh, if I were to recommend something, I would say green is best when it comes to study rooms. So let's jump forward to Germany. Yeah. Given your like language background and having your a degree of fluency that's almost native-like, does that give you the confidence to to travel the world, to see the world? Yes. Uh, that is actually a pretty good question. Um, I mean, 
I always wanted to know the culture and the architecture and the history outside because, you know, you are sitting in one country and you have all of this, all of these windows, uh, but you can only look through those windows. And uh, what I mean is movies, documentaries, shows, stuff like that, music even. Um, so my idea was to, you know, like actually go to these places that I always hear about, I watch and all of this stuff and be there, experience things. And of course, we always hear about Germany and architecture because mm -hmm. that's what we learned. The Bauhaus is pretty famous all around the world. Okay. Yeah, especially when it comes to international architecture. So when did you first hear about the Bauhaus? Uh, at my college when okay. I started my architectural endeavors. Germany seemed like a good place because, mm -hmm. of course, the historical significance because there's like architecture everywhere here and i mean looking at it we i still see the same structure or the same buildings which are being constructed today mm -hmm. in pakistan sure and we're looking at a hundred year old building here right so that is something quite interesting to me um plus of course you have like art everywhere i mean there's architecture there's gothic architecture which is one of my personal favorites mm -hmm. and yeah I, i just love to be around this place and uh related to this uh i thought english would be pretty much a-okay here no problems uh it was a bit surprising when i got here okay Because at the airport, I still remember, everything was fine and dandy. I was speaking English. I was asking for directions. I was getting answers. Perfect. Everything's great. And uh, the moment I stepped out and I got to the train uh, station there, uh, I was, of course, a bit confused because it's the first time I'm, like, here uh, and everything is in German. And I asked, uh, like, a guy there. And, of course, I didn't get an answer. <laughs> And all he said was like, I'm sorry, I can't speak English. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit troubling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually I learned, yeah, not everybody speaks English here. So tell us a little bit about your learning experience in learning German. Uh, well, it, I can say this, it wasn't easy. Okay. Uh, because when I started my master's here, Uh, yeah, uh, we had a German course, uh, but again, it was just once a week and it was like two hours. Uh, the teachers were great, of course. Okay. They tried their best, but, uh, such limited time was not enough. Two hours a week. Yes. Yeah. That's not a lot of time. That's not a lot of time. And the other thing is that everybody else in the campus spoke English. All the teachers, all the students were all speaking English, as well as the course itself was in English. So it was like we really didn't have much um, opportunity to hear or speak German. And of course, you know, students being lazy that they are, uh, we never bothered. <laughs> Do you think incentive is important here like do you need to have an incentive to learn a second language absolutely language? Okay. absolutely 
you need to have a reason as in it, i wouldn't say like oh you have to be forced into it but you definitely have to have an incentive to okay. go and pursue a language and maybe the incentive came later when you graduated from the program yes okay because then i realized that uh, it's kind of hard to find a job in germany without german um always want to learn more that's the goal always improve i mean I, i i can't really say i might be able to do it but want to be able to speak german like almost native level the way i speak english that's my goal <laughs> tell us about your inspiration for the lingua podcast logo well scott um when we started the process of designing a logo i mean we were all discussing it together and we were coming up with concepts and this and that stuff like that um the topic of the discussion we had was to come up with a podcast which is a bit new a bit different a bit edgy i guess mm-hmm. um but something fun so that gave me the idea like okay we need to add this idea of mic drop you know like saying something and just you know stopping everybody else from saying anything so that was one idea okay and that is why in the logo you see the mic has been dropped uh and it's on the podcast so we have the last word right exactly okay that's cool yeah um how long did it take you to come up with that drawing um it took a few tries um i mean we do you sketch it out first by hand yes okay yeah i always do that first uh i mean always playing with the pencil and paper and mm-hmm. just coming up with ideas drawing here and there just just seeing what works what sticks um the lingua logo was of course the inspiration to mm-hmm. go with okay uh that's when we started out the first first design um but yeah of course it was not there i didn't like it i did uh, try more playing it uh, like i played more with it but i wasn't happy and then like i said this idea came up like hey what about like mic drop because that's kind of where we're going with this that's true so yeah i pretty much was like okay let's use the lingua logo uh let's turn it into a um, mic head and pretty much go from there connect it to the podcast And how will the listeners, our listeners be able to see that logo? Where can they find it? Uh I haven't posted it anywhere yet, but um I guess if they it'll want be a, to It'll be attached to our podcast, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's going to be on uh, the in lingua uh page. Mm-hmm. Uh it's going to be on our podcast and need be it's going to be on my Facebook page. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Last question, if people want to contact you or people want to look you up, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, um I have a Facebook. Uh it's going to be hard to find me okay. because uh, <laughs> there's way too many Muhammad Ali's on Facebook. <laughs> But uh there might not be as many Muhammad Ali's in Dessau. Okay. So I can you can shorten your search there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dessau or Bauhaus maybe? Or Bauhaus is a possibility. Yes. Okay. and in lingua also of course fantastic yeah fantastic well ali thank you very much for coming in it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been a pleasure as well just got 
Idiom a day keeps the doctor away. Let's talk idioms. Hi, Scott. Hey, John. So here we are for the idiom part of our、uh, podcast. Fantastic. Do you have one that you want to talk about? Oh yes, I do. And what idiom would that be? It's the elephant in the room. Ah, one of my favorites. Oh, really? So, John, tell us,、um, or how do you how do you use the elephant in the room idiom? The elephant in the room is usually something that、uh, a subject or a topic that we aren't talking about, even though it's pretty obvious. Okay. So. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Do you have an example for us today? Yeah. There are, actually, I've used it a couple of times in the last two weeks, and、uh, one example was、um, it's a little bit personal, but I was talking with a friend of mine, and、um, he was telling me about his problems,、um, keeping fit, and his weight, and、uh, going to the gym, and problems with breathing, and、um, and we'll. Sort of talking about that a little bit, but、uh, I felt like he was missing the elephant in the room, which would be he's smoking. He's a heavy smoker. Okay. So in this case,、um, and I and I said to him, "Hey, yeah, well, let's call him Joe. Joe,、um, don't you think you're missing the elephant in the room?" He said, "What's that?" And I said, "You're smoking." Ah. Yeah. Okay. And what did he say? Well, he he didn't like it.、Mm. Okay. Yeah. And John, like. Where do you think this comes from? What are the origins of the elephant in the room?、Um, well, actually, I, I had to look it up because、uh, I, I didn't know. But it, it, it came from Russia. Okay. From a fabulist. You know what a fabulist is?、Scott? I don't know what a fabulist、mm. is. It's not somebody that's very good at being fabulous, or somebody that's against people that are being fabulous, which you might assume. But、um, actually, Ivan Krylov, a, a, a Russian fabulist,、uh, used it in a story. Uh, called the Inquisitive Man, where、uh, a guy went to a museum and told his friend about it, about all the lovely things in the museum, all the little things, but he didn't tell him about the elephant that was in the room. So there actually was an elephant in the room. In this case, yes. And then a couple of hundred years later, we started to see the use of this in、um, in the U.S. and、uh, throughout England, and I guess、uh, it had developed. Okay, so it's something obvious that no one wants to talk about. That's right. Perfect.